Welcome to the Startup CPG podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Yepes Blundell. Startup CPG is a community dedicated to helping young brands succeed by offering opportunities to shine, connections to key decision makers, and access to insights. On that note, we wanted to spotlight an array of consumer profiles. Think one-on-one qualitative research to really dig into the minds of today's consumers. On today's episode, we'll hear from Brianna, a self-described plant-based pescatarian and avid label reader who treats every trip to the grocery store as an experience. Hi, Brianna. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So in full transparency, we know each other. (laughs) (laughs) We actually worked together many, many moons ago. But for everyone else, tell us who you are, where you're from, where do you live now, and, and what you're doing. Sure, sure. So right now I do work in corporate philanthropy, but my background is in nonprofit community and social impact. I'm originally from the South, which as of 2020, I live in Chicago and people like to remind me every day (laughs) that I am a true Southern girl with my hard y'alls and um, a little bit of a draw. But yeah, I'm single, no kids, just a working professional um, in the philanthropy space. So you just moved to Chicago and the pandemic hits. How did you know anything? Like grocery stores, how to like where to order good takeout? How did you even navigate that? Right. So you actually helped me move probably a week before I left <laughs> because I had about a 3 weeks to plan and get everything situated. And then I got here and a week and a half later, everything shut down. Um, I spent maybe four days at work. I didn't have a full fridge of food. I didn't have all the basic essentials like toilet paper and all of that. So one good thing about Chicago is food is everything. There's a thousand and one different grocery stores, all from for multiple cultures. Like every culture has kind of their own grocery store. That was a great thing. And it's personally the way I like to shop. And they gave me access to non-major brands and chains. So that was a great thing about living in Chicago during that time. So I didn't have to be fighting for toilet paper in the middle of a Target or Walmart. Instead, I can go to, you know, your local grocer down the street um, and purchase the products that I needed. And that's a little bit different from where, where you were living previously in Texas. You know, we don't have those corner stores per se. Right. It's very, very different. Just being able to pop into like an Indian market, an Asian market, a Middle Eastern market. So it's just, it's a very different way of shopping, but it also exposes you to different products as well. I've learned about so many brands that I've never heard about. Um, So it's been a cool thing to explore too. And how are you finding brands? You said that you go to different types of markets. I mean, it just sounds like you're a curious eater. Yeah, I am a curious eater. I'm very big on flavor. Um, I'm very big on flavor. I don't discriminate when it comes to different cultures. I love Indian food. I'd probably say Middle Eastern food is probably my favorite. My favorite place in Dallas was an Iraqi restaurant. My favorite place here is a Saudi restaurant. So I always try different things. And so the great thing about the area that I live in now is there's a lot of cross cultures. So a lot of the grocery stores that I go to, there are actual aisles dedicated to an entire culture. So it's a very fun trip to the grocery store that sometimes ends up in a higher bill. But I get to try new products. I get to, you know, buy things based on whatever sales they're running, buy fresh produce at the same time, 
try alternatives to different products that I would typically buy, discover new brands that are maybe not um, U.S. brands. So it's definitely a fun thing to explore. I'm also a in-store shopper. So I'm the person that will literally spend 30 minutes walking down the aisles of the grocery store and then finally say like, okay, let me actually buy something. Tell me a little bit about your lifestyle diet, um, because at one time you were a vegetarian. So where are you at right now on that spectrum? I have been a vegetarian in the past. I have been also full vegan. I like to say right now I'm somewhere between 75, maybe 80% plant-based. I do eat seafood, fish, but I do not consume um, any meats or processed products made out of soy. So that's what makes it a little bit difficult. But yeah, that's kind of the way I eat. So I always look for you know, natural products, clean products to kind of steer me in the direction that I'm going. Is that how you were raised? Is that how the the types of food you were eating? Or is this a change that you made as an adult? I remember that I tried vegetarianism for the first time when I when I was maybe like 14, 15. It was just something that I wanted to do. Um, it wasn't attached to any kind of weight loss goals or anything like that. It was just like, I, I don't want to eat meat. Like I'm not really enjoying it right now. Like we have it for every meal and I'm just kind of tired of it. So I actually did that from the ages of maybe 14, 15, maybe 15 and a half until I went on a family vacation and didn't really have many options. But yeah, it lasted for about a year and a half. And my mom was supportive. My dad didn't get it, but he didn't care because he still had meat. So it's definitely something that's kind of been a long time coming for me. Have you taken anyone else and your family on the journey with you? Yeah, I think so. My mom at this point doesn't really eat meat. Her partner, he doesn't eat meat, but he does eat soy products. So I feel like just as time has gone on, like we have more exposure to different diets and we have more information about the benefits of those diets. So I think it just has kind of naturally progressed where we're steering away from products that have high sodium content. We're paying attention to how much sugar is in things. Um, So it's kind of steering us to a more naturally plant-based because plant-based is, for me personally, a simpler way of eating. Like I know what lettuce is, (laughs) you know, like I know what these things are. So I'm not confused about what's going into my body. So you're walking down an aisle. What's catching your eye? Um, I would definitely say flavors. Like I have my keywords like spice and (laughs) garlic and things like that. But Packaging definitely makes a difference. Um, Of course, I'm always going to pick up the splashier package and read it first. Um, But also, since I am a label reader, I I pay attention to how you present your package in the front and making sure that it matches what the actual ingredients list says in the back. I love how you're self-defining yourself as a label reader and a keyword searcher. You've got to be getting, you know, social media ads left and right for plant-based products. I would say that I probably don't get that many ads. I would think that I would get more. However, when it comes to social, I feel like I get more of kind of the stereotypical ads, actually. I feel like I consume a lot of Black media and I kind of get the ads that are more so geared towards Black media that don't necessarily match with what I'm actually looking at a lot of times. Okay, you have to expand on that. What's the stereotypical Black consumer ads that you're getting? I don't want to go too far over. I'm trying to remember clearly, but I mean, I do get a lot of quick service, fast food, alcohol, liquor, and 
I don't really consume that much alcohol for one. I definitely am not, you know, checking for it or looking for it. Um, I haven't eaten fast food since I was maybe 16, unless you count like Chipotle. So, you know, it's very interesting how I get market to online. Of course, my Google searches are top tier um, because I use Google for everything. So those ads usually steer me in the right direction. That is so interesting, Brianna. And, you know, I'm, I'm a strategist at heart. I love the insights. I love the data. And the data tells us that that vegan lifestyle, the plant-based diet, it's on the rise, particularly in within Black consumers. But what's your viewpoint on that? Are you seeing that rise? I would definitely say that I see more interest. I wouldn't say that it's it's growing naturally, but I would say that overall, um, among all groups, just that conscious-based eating is growing in general. I think the difference in the Black community is that there are so many mediums for Black voices to be amplified, right? So you can go on Instagram, you can start your YouTube channel. You, there's just so many natural ways to run into Black voices. And for me personally, if I'm looking up a product, I want to know what people that look like me and what their experience, and I want to hear the story told in my voice that I can relate to. So I think it that's a better influence on the decisions I make. Are you seeing brands taking note of that? I think so. I think I think there's a growing community, right, of, of Black voices, of definitely Black influencers um, that brands are tapping to be that voice within, you know, our own community. Um, but I do think it's less so on mainstream marketing and more so on those social platforms, which at this point is mainstream. So That's true. It is mainstream, right? Brianna, what staples are in your fridge and pantry? I would definitely say the almond milks. I will try any and every kind that seems like the ingredients list isn't ridiculously long. I'm very big on fresh produce, which is most of my refrigerator. But in terms of packaged goods, I would definitely say kind of those quick, like if I didn't want to blend in and make it myself, things that I could make myself, but it's convenient to purchase, like your almond milk. Are you a big home cook or do you order out a lot? What's your go-to dish if you're going to cook it in your own home? Probably salads at this point in life. So that's that's my go-to. Well, more complicated, complex salads like Buddha bowls and all of that. So buying a lot of beans, buying a lot of, you know, fresh, organic, canned tomatoes when I can um, to help season those. I buy a lot of pre-made season packages as long as they're not high in sodium. So things that help me get to the end result of tasting like it came from, from a restaurant without going through the long process of making it like I'm in a restaurant. You are a hardcore label reader. You, I feel like you're, it's like a novel for you and you're just in the aisle taking your time like at the Barnes and Nobles. I, I do. I say excuse me a lot at the grocery store because I just stand there and I try to move out of people's way. But I do find people looking at me all the time because I will read a label until there is no label in the grocery store. <laughs> Are there some like products that you're, it's just too much. There's too much going on in the package. There's too many words that you're just like, put it back? Or are, you, are you there for it? For me, there's over branding. So, you know, it doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to, you know, be the brightest color. I just look for, I want the catchphrases. I want to know what the benefit is. I want to know, you know, what you're actually selling me. And then I just want to simply flip it over 
and check a few key things. You know, I want, if you are selling me a quinoa burger, I don't want quinoa to be the 16th ingredient in the burger, you know, and flour and sugar and corn syrup be the other main ingredient. So those are kind of my, my quick access points. Are you snacking a lot on plant-based products? Yeah, I would say so. I would say that I buy almost all of my snacks from either the natural food aisle or section at the grocery store. So if I'm going to buy prepackaged popcorn, for example, I'm going to go to that aisle first and I'm going to look for low sodium, air popped, light oil or butter. Um, because I'm also lactose intolerant, I also pay attention to um, what products contain soy, what products contain milk. Um, so all those play a factor. Is there a dish or a type of food that you miss that you wish was easily accessible in plant-based form? I feel like the things that I miss don't translate in plant-based form. I used to, in college, when college is stressful, eat a lot of ice cream. <laughs> and there are plant-based forms of ice cream. So I do would say that, that those Sometimes hit the spot, but they don't always like that creaminess just doesn't translate all the time when it's like a coconut based ice cream. So, you know, there's not always a match to match, but things like, I don't know, something that I used to eat a lot um, before I stopped eating meat, for example, is just like prepackaged like wings or fries. And I know there's some options that are more so plant-based, um, but I kind of steer away from the highly processed food. So for example, like if I could get a product that was like buffalo, I know buffalo cauliflower is like a trending topic right now, but if I could just buy it and try it, I would versus making it myself and having to like whip up a sauce and kind of feel like I'm having like that cheat meal, but it's still healthy, still natural, it's still kind of all those key factors that I look for. So convenient is also important to you. Yeah, I would definitely say convenient is important to me. Clean, easy, yet convenient. Um, I don't want to do everything from scratch, right? But I do want to use as few products as I have to. What does a cheat meal or that guilty pleasure look like for you? Because it sounds like you have a pretty healthy relationship with food, but do you ever just, like, what is considered naughty? <laughs> <laughs> I have my stay away categories. So actually, this is funny because I just had a moment yesterday with some cereal is like my safe haven. Like I love cereal. And that is probably one package product that I try to avoid, but it's really hard for me. If you can make a box of cereal sound like heaven to me, I will buy it 10 times over. <laughs> Well, I mean, there are some brands on the market who are trying to go that route with the cleaner, less sugar cereals. Are, are, have you tried those? Yeah, I definitely have. Like, I mean, there's your standard brands like Kashi and a few others. Um, or like the Magic Spoons. Have you have you tried the Magic Spoons of the world? No, I haven't. Oh, did I just teach you something? <laughs> Maybe you did. <laughs> the non-label reader taught the label reader something. Ah, maybe so. Okay, well, Google the magic spoons. You know, and honestly, I don't know if it's plant-based or not, um, but I know it's less than sugar, so. That's always what I'm looking for. I can't handle the sugar crashes. Are you noticing any price drops or increases among the plant-based or vegan items that you're purchasing? When I look for a product that I'm going to use and continue to buy, I like to know that I can purchase it from more than one place, right? So I want to know that I can purchase it online. 
I would love if I can purchase it at the grocery store because I feel like I go to the grocery store once to twice a week. Um, and then of course, like, I want to know that if I'm just in like a store, like a Target or a Walmart and I can pop in an aisle and I can also purchase it. So that kind of keeps the pricing more balanced for me that it's in kind of those cross-sector retailers. So I don't really find too many issues or I haven't found too many issues, especially with the pandemic of things kind of skyrocketing in price. So it sounds like you want the best of both worlds. You want it in a store, in the retail aisle, but then you also want available D to C, right? Direct to consumer. Yes, that that would be, that's my strong preference. If I can't find the product online, when I need it. Like, for example, when I moved to Chicago, I knew where to get my products from. I was a Sprouts girl through and through. I went to Sprouts all day, every day. They knew me at every location. And that's where I got my hair products, my body products, like everything, food, everything. Everything packaged came from basically one grocery store. But then when I moved to Chicago, I had to learn Chicago, right? So For some of those products, I needed to purchase them online so that I could get to them. So that just made my transition even easier. Did you find that it was easy to find all your staples online or some of them weren't available? I feel like most of them were available, but for some of them, I think I had to kind of find a shift. And then also because, you know, we're in a pandemic, I feel like my priorities shifted a little bit. So I was looking for more things that had nutritional benefits, right, to support my immune system since you know, there was so much gray space and there still is so much gray space related to the pandemic as well. So you're you're single, no kids, you treat your grocery shopping as an experience. What are you spending a week on groceries? Uh, at this point in a pandemic, I'm spending more than I would like to spend because the grocery store is my adventure, especially since Chicago just recently started opening back up. But pricing, I do I do think it makes a difference. I'm an in-store shopper. However, if I notice that your product is priced completely different based on the store that I'm at, I will likely stay away from it. Um, If I want to buy the product when I'm at the grocery store, for example, versus when I'm at Target, I don't want to have to deal with a 30% markup because it's in a grocery store. So that does play a factor in whether or not I will continue to buy a product. Well, Brianna, thank you so much for your time. I've just enjoyed our conversation so much. Thank you for having me. This was a great experience. Thanks for joining us. We're a national community, so come connect with thousands of brands via our Slack channel, get insights from industry experts, and participate in our events like our first-of-its-kind fully digital trade show coming this summer. Startup CPG Podcast is executive produced by me, Jennifer Yepes Blundell, theme music by the Super Fantastics. We love hearing from you. Email us at podcast.startupcpg.com. And remember to leave a review, subscribe, or follow us wherever you're listening. See you next time.